Guten Tag, meine Damen und Herren. You are listening to New Deutschland podcast, the podcast about immigrants' life in Germany and big changes that's going to happen in Europe this decade. I'm your host, Anton Yaravoy, and my guest today is a person who is not afraid to make a big change in their professional path a couple of years before their retirement. The founder of the podcast, Say It As It Is, the owner of the great Harley-Davidson bike and motorbike lover, Andreas Rieser from Switzerland. Hi, Andreas. Hi, Anton. It's very nice to have you here on this show. Thank you very much. And uh, we are recording this uh, uh, now. It's 20, uh, uh, 21 o'clock in the evening, uh, Sunday. Um, just the question, is it, uh, I know that many people in Germany like used to go in the bed early. So is it a comfortable time for you for making the interview or how is your ordinary, uh, let's say, uh, day starts and how is your, when you normally go to, to sleep uh, at Sundays, especially? <laughs> Since there's not much going on on TV, I usually go to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, my time, you know, uh, as you told, I'm not 20 years old anymore. So I'm used to go to bed at around 10 o'clock, maybe 11. That I always stand up around 7 o'clock. I, I feel I need some, you know, I need some sleep. Yeah. If I don't have enough sleep, I don't feel good during the day. Sure. That's the only thing. And for me, it turned out to have... Sleep is much better than watching TV or so, you know. Exactly, especially in the evening. So that Sunday is a kind of a day people used to have this privacy, you know, and get uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, get some uh, some rest at the evening time. So I hope this interview will be also uh, running in a kind of this restfulness manner and will make joy for us and uh, for the audience. Uh, yeah, and just the... You are in Switzerland. Uh, for, for me, as a person who haven't ever been there in Switzerland, I've heard a lot of different things about these beautiful countries like uh, uh, nature and uh, air and very good water and kind of things. But the question what I want to ask you at the, this very beginning, how do you think this financial situation with this COVID in 2020 impacted uh, this financial system in Switzerland? Is it something that is really heated, hot, or is it so stable in Switzerland that never can made it, uh, you know, in trouble? <laughs> That's a very good question. Well, actually, you don't see much yet from the effect, but you have to understand we have about 1.3 million people out of maybe 4 billion peop working people, 1.3 million they are kind of working on short terms, four days a week instead of five. And uh, once the insurances will stop paying, many of them will be left without a job. That's the point. But we don't see it yet because insurances still pay. You know, It's sort of covered up. But we see it on the, like in the hospitality sector, many restaurants are closed, they will never open up again. We've seen, yeah, or little shops, you know, like shops uh, selling clothes, for instance, you know, hmm. are closed. And, but I think the biggest problem is like the fear amongst the people there are so many people in fear that they could be hurt by this virus. They wear the masks, even though they don't have to, you know. You see them in the car, you see them on the, on the bike with masks, you know, with fresh air. It's, they're so scared about what is going to happen. I think that's the main problem. Yes, this is a strange year, right? It's uh, did uh, many changes and uh... This also impacted, I think, in Germany, happening more or less the same 
people afraid of what's going to happen uh, next. And uh, as you said, this uh, steel government is covering the costs of uh, people's living. But uh, anyways, it's something strange. But uh, personal for you, how uh, this year impacted your life and your professional uh, occupation uh, in particular? Well, I got affected very much, I must say. I'm a self-employed entrepreneur in the business of web design. I make websites for little, small companies. And uh, many of them, they would say, oh yeah, we would need a website, but let's wait for another year. We don't know what the future brings, you know, mm. or they don't even want to go in personal contact with me. So that was kind of a problem for me. People aren't that open anymore like they used to be. And in March, when this Corona thing hit, actually, I have to admit, you know, my, my wealth money, I was invested in NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange. Oh, really? I had all, yes, I all had my money there, you know. And when Corona hit, from one day to another, my stocks fell down about 35%, the value. So it was kind of shocking. Then I decided, I thought about what could I do? And I said, okay, if the stocks is going back up at this, a little bit higher than it used to be, I will sell everything and start to find another strategy. And really the stocks went up again. I sold it and then I digged into what kind of alternatives would there be? So I really digged into this subject very much. I uh, sub subscribed to a few newsletters from uh, United States, Palm Beach Confidential. I digged myself into cryptocurrency. Oh, I know a lot about of gold and silver now, mining stocks, this wow. kind of thing. And I shifted my, like, my wealth totally in this half a year, you know. So... I'm not on the NASDAQ anymore. And uh, actually, just financially, I'm, I have to say, I benefited from Corona, you know. I have, I'm more rich than I used to be in March. <laughs> you know, this is the stereotype uh, about the Switzerland and the people living there as we started with this financial system, I, I personally believe, as I said, I don't know that much, but we have this kind of stereotypic thinking that Switzerland is like very stable type of fin financial economical system. And by what you are saying now is just proving <laughs> exactly the stereotypic approach of many people yeah. who are like <laughs> living in Europe and all around that, the world. That's true, yeah. But I'm, I might be a bit an, ex an exception because most of the people, they, know, they, they don't like to take responsibility for their personal wealth, you know. They give it to somebody else, to an agency, and, oh, they have to, the government, they have to care for me, you know. It's not my business. And, I mean, I'm the opposite. I'm self-employed since over 20 years. If I do, don't do it for myself, nobody will do but this is very interesting what you mentioned about cryptocurrency and all this market and the big changes that's going to happen and also all these digitalization things, right? It's very interesting for me. I'm going to ask about this. We're going to touch on this a little bit later, but just to understand um, of your uh, background, you mentioned that you are self-employed over the 20 years. Can you tell, uh, tell a little bit more how you come to this um, type of the web design uh, business or the business of this creation of website? Was it like a long time you already practicing this or is this something what you come to this just uh, over several years ago? Okay, so it was in, in the year of 1996 or seven, you know. I was okay. employed at the, at the pharmaceutical company and uh, I was sent to Zurich, that's the main city in Switzerland, yeah. for education purposes. Uh, they sent me there in order to get trained on the IBM computer system called OS400. OS400, IBM, all yeah. right. Yeah, 
Okay, I was there in this course room for three, two, three days, and I knew that's not my world, you know. <laughs> I cannot, I'm not going to continue that. It was so, it was so boring for me. And I remember when I drove back with the with the in in the train to my hometown, I read a simple book about internet programming, HTML, hypertext markup language. I read it in the in the train, and I knew this is what I'm going to do next. But I couldn't do that in my old old job. There was no opportunity. So actually, I tried to find a new job, which I did in a small web design company. And they gave me the opportunity to really get trained on the job. Wow. At the same time, I booked a few courses on the, the School for Arts in, in Bern. So I did that simultaneously. I learned a lot about typography, you know, and I worked for this company for three years, like doing websites. And then, well, the story continues, right? In the year of 2000, one of my best friends, he had a project in one of the, how do you say that? A main publisher in Switzerland was planning to launch his first website. It's a newspaper, it's called The Bund, whatever that means in English. And they, they were planning to do a, a website, an online platform. And my best friend, he was like in charge of this project. So he asked me, hey, Andreas, would you like to join me? We, we could work together as friends, you know, on the same project, wouldn't that be fun? And really it was hard for me to decide because uh, this little company I was working for, uh, I felt very safe and very, very nice, you know. But then I decided, okay, let's take the challenge, you know. So in the year of 2000, uh, I moved to this uh, publisher and we did this launching of this website. We built it and launched it. And then half a year later, my best friend, he got dismissed. They, we got the new boss and he got dismissed. From they this said, company, from this company where you was launching this uh, kind of new project. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. He gonna and they said, yeah, they said, okay, there were some financial irregularities, which I don't know of. So they, discussed, uh, they dismissed him and... All of a sudden, I was alone there on my job, you know, my friend was gone. And then it turned out this new boss, he was kind of bullying me too, you know, because I was the best friend of the guy who dismissed. Yeah. So I got pretty sick after that. I had like heart attacks and my nerves were like that. Oh, so Sorry I had to, to quit my job there out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I'm just going to ask you. So now it's it sounds for me like you, uh, from what you're saying that this 90, uh, like early 90s or 96 when you started and uh, you came to this uh, on the wave, let's say of the website development, because I think it was a kind of a time when it's only have been started all around yes. the Europe. And as you said, the, there's a company where just building the new websites and it was a kind of a new uh, internet epoch has been started. How how old uh, was you at that time when you mentioned you were sent to this IBM courses and uh, you've start after this you came back you've you mentioned that it was kind of a boring from one hand but on the other hand you decided to go with this with this uh, HTTP right. Uh, so how old was you when you first touched on all this for your first website, let's say, creation? Uh, I was around 40, okay. 37, 40. I, I did my first website in, in 97, 96, 97. Well, and, and now I know I'm just really very curious about this because I know so many people and I'm one of them, I need to say very uh, frankly, 
who is thinking that kind of web design and creation of everything on the on the let's say internet as there's simple programming languages it is something for very special people not everybody can do this from one hand and from other hand there is also this stereotypic uh, type of uh, thinking say okay if you like uh, 30 years old or 35 it's really too late to start especially such kind of data oriented uh, cases. So my question, just to understand, do you think it is even can be too late to start with this type of web programming and website creation, or it is never late? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it totally depends on your mindset, you know, like, you, you know, the quote that you're only as old as the last time you changed your mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard it, but it's, I'm really, will take it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you're right. It's kind of a stereotype, you know, like these uh, newbies on the, on the web design, they are usually very young, you know, the digital natives, they call them, you know, yeah. but it's for me, it's just a stereotype sort of. So you believe that it's possible for the people who have the intention to have try something new, even this website creation to start up with a kind of uh, programming like HTTP or PHP, for example. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But I mean, I have to say, admit, I'm not really the programmer, you know, I'm kind of a mixture. I come also from a, a school of art, you know, I, I like design and a little bit programming and stuff like that, but, but not the, the purely programmer who digs into the code for, for 10 hours a day, you know? Sure, sure, that's bring, what I'm bring, saying. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what I'm two saying. Two of black coffee, you know, and yeah. smoking cigarettes, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's also kind of stereotyping that people who is working as the, let's call it IT, yeah, in informational technology, this is a uh, young, as you said, young, you know, like guys uh, over 16 years of age who is sitting 12 hours and doing nothing but just a programming. So this is a kind of a stereotypic uh, picture of such a IT specialist. And I'm very excited really to hear the story that, uh, and hear one more opinion from like experienced person like you that it's never late to, to do even these steps toward this uh, direction of the programming and all kind of things but just to, to to maybe if you remind yourself at this time when you were starting to create in your first website did you feel a kind of similar time back then when you was doing that when everything have been started just very new on the website like internet creation and something which has happened now means um like to maybe a kind of parallel means of course uh what I'm trying to say is just there's also a kind of new digitalization era starts. I mean, now everything is going online, a lot of courses and even education systems are online, but you could not imagine maybe even five years ago. Can you make this a kind of a parallel in between this, what happened 1996, like over 25 years ago and now? Or is it uh, a poor comparison? And it's just... Uh... <laughs> no, I see some parallels really. But uh, I mean, I don't find everything that's going on at the moment, I don't find it all, all that good, you know? But there are parallels if you look in the year of, like the, the tech bubble burst in the year of 2000, you know, when the tech stocks crashed. Yeah. And uh, it was 1997, I did this thing. And uh, up to the year of 2000, when I got like self-employed, uh, just to finish that off quickly, uh, you know, then uh, I quit the job with the publisher because yeah. I got sick. I got well again after a few weeks. And then my former boss who had employed me on this little company asked me, would you like to work for me on mandate basis? What is it, mandate basis? It means you, as, as keep for myself, I work for myself, but he gives me some jobs and, you know, but I still will be employed by myself, but I work with him from company to company. Uh -huh. Okay. Is it something similar to the freelance? Uh... Yes, sort of. Yeah. Okay. So, so, okay. He, gave, he gave me that opportunity and I said, yes. And that was like the, the kickoff for my career as self-employed 
entrepreneur. So you see, it all fell into place, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to answer your question about the times today, you're right. The digitalization is, is uh, on the move. And uh, some weird ideas too, you know. Uh, but like, let's take the subject of blockchain. That's it's related to cryptocurrency, you know. I think that's a very fascinating thing, you know, if you look at it, how it really works, you know. Like, for instance, if I transfer some money to United States, I bought some shares from a company in Arizona. I transferred some money from here. It took me up to four days that I got the acknowledgement that the money was received there. Four days. Can you imagine how many people worked with my one with, with my money during that four days, right? To, to be honest, I cannot imagine because I never understood all this banking system, but uh, the more I understand, the more the money is kept somewhere that you don't have the access, then in one way or another, they will be used by somebody who is uh, making this transition, right? Yeah, that's right. And with the blockchain, like that's a decentralized computer network hundreds, thousands of computers working together on an open lecture. But the transfer would maybe take five minutes, you know, the money instead of four days, you know. And you don't need a person checking, is it the right amount of money? Got it received? Got it really transferred? It's all done by computer. That's a blockchain. And this is, we will see that, in the coming future. And this means a lot of people who were used so far as intermediate, you know, being in between, these jobs will be gone. That's the point. Do you believe this very interesting topic, blockchain, for me as well? Because I do not know anything about this, but I was always planning at least to invest a small amount of money, just, uh, you know, let's say 1,000 euro, let's say like like this, just to see what's going to happen in the Bitcoin, even last year, but I didn't done that. And just recently, I've heard that it's again, uh, rose up the, the percentage of the Bitcoin and again, jumping. So just a question to, to you, uh, Andres, do you believe... Uh, in this type of blockchain technology that it's gonna be the future and it will slowly exchange the normal currency uh, in Europe or in other countries. Not now, but in five, 10, 20 years maybe. Yeah, Uh, well, Bitcoin will not replace our normal currencies, but our paper money, so-called fiat currency, is it the US dollar, the Euro, Swiss francs? They will be replaced by a digital currency issued by a central bank that will be on the blockchain, but this blockchain will be controlled by the central bank, which in the case of Bitcoin, it isn't. So it's not really the same thing because no states want to give up the power of control of their own currency. Okay, for, for the somebody who doesn't understand this terminology at all, you mentioned about the feed money and some another terminology, which is I, I kind fiat, of- Fiat, fiat. Fiat, can you explain a little bit more about this system of what does it mean fiat money and what does it mean another name you mentioned also? Yeah. Uh, the, fi- the fiat money is like the paper money. Fiat is Latin and it means uh, it should be, there will be, okay. there will be money, that's fiat money. And what we can see, all the fiat currencies, they decrease in value. For instance, the US dollar has de- decreased in, in, in per- purchase power since 1973, since it was taken off the gold standard by over 90%. Okay, but just to understand this fiat money is something what is, let's say, US or Switzerland government, whatever, it's a day printing just that in physically yeah. somewhere on the factories and this is just a paper. Okay, so this is government who is a decide how many of this fiat money need to be printed 
in order yeah. to make this balance. Okay. And yeah. another name, as you mentioned, like the money, which is still not Bitcoin or blockchain, but which is in the transition and we, what we cannot see, how are they called and what is their value, how they will measure. Yeah. What, what they're planning to do to introduce is uh, uh, CBCD, that's called Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC. CBDC. Okay. okay. And the point is they have to do it because they print so much money. And uh, I suppose there will be a big inflation coming in the next coming years. And, you know, our, there, there was so much debts around in the world, almost every country, too many debts. So they have to find something new. And our financial system at the moment, like it is, is totally broke, you know. They can keep it alive because they print more and more and more, but it will come to an end. So they will have to make a revision of the currency. And that's most likely when they implement the digital currency. Every state might have its own currency, digital one. And uh, that also means more control for the government up over his own people. If they issue the money in a digital way, they can look, how do you spend it? Did you vote the right time? Uh, did you buy the right things? You have to spend more, now you have to spend less. It's, it's total control, you know, which you can't do when there is paper money only. Well, I, when the person from Switzerland saying, who knows something about the NASDAQ is saying that we're going to have uh, the big problem, then I really, really need to be concerned and <laughs> start to doing something. But just uh, to, to know what kind of... Um, uh, well, this is difficult, right? This nobody can, uh, or many people cannot understand maybe even the portion of uh, the meaning of what has been said in the way of just uh, of the deepness, how complex it's all, right? Yeah. So I understand what you mean more or less. And I understand, well, it seems like uh, some of the of my financial movement will be more in the control. And it's happened now with the Deutsche Bank, for example, app, which is installed on the on the my phone, uh, there is a like app which is making the monitoring of how much you're spending for food, for uh, payments of your rental, how much you're spending on the car, airlines, the kind of things. I mean, it's uh, this uh, gradation is already happening. But just to understand, in for people who is having the small savings or some of savings, just average or some savings and want to not to lose them in the next five years. What, from your experience, will be the best thing to do uh, as an investment or as a kind of uh, getting the money in some more safer place? Okay. Well, I can't give you a financial advice because I'm not an expert. But I can say, you know, just the fact that they continue to print paper money and they just print it, you know, that means uh, it, it will paper money will lose all its value, its purchasing power, because as they, just can, they, can, they just can double it, you know, within one day. That, that's something, you know, like the whole paper money currently in the world can be doubled in one day, yeah? Okay? So if you want to double the whole amount of gold that has ever been put out of earth at about... Uh, 21 meters to 21 meters high. That's all the gold. In order to do that, you might take uh, 100 years to do that, okay, oh, yeah. to double it. And on the Bitcoin, Bitcoin is limited to 21 million Bitcoins. There will never be more than 21 million. And 18 million are already out. That means the amount of Bitcoin can never be doubled. Okay, this is, uh, I understand this 25, you say, but the question, why they cannot reach more than 25 millions of Bitcoin? Uh, 21 millions, because it's, it's laid down in the protocol, in the software that makes the Bitcoin. In the year of 2140, the last Bitcoin will be mined. 2140, the last yeah. Bitcoin will be mined. Yeah. Okay. And and all the all four years 
there is what we call a halving, where the amount of bitcoins are being issued is uh, is in half, cut in half. Well, this is very interesting. Years. It sounds like kind of a mathematical mathematical uh, yeah. uh, equation is behind this. But just to understand, you mentioned two thousand one hundred and forty will be the last Bitcoin be, will be mined. But this is in one hundred twenty years, right? But yes. now, if there is already twenty five million in total and eighteen already, as you said, been taken, it's only yeah. remaining. Uh, how many, like seven million? So will they no, keep mining seven? Three millions, three millions. Three millions, okay, yeah, so yeah. twin. Yeah, but uh, they, will they proceed for the 120 years for the three millions of Bitcoins only? Yeah. yeah, because every four years, the issuance is cut in half. And what is what makes it even more complex is out of these 18 millions that have already been mined, around between five and six millions are lost forever. Oh. Well, it uh, sounds like a really uh, big uh, challenges for people who, who want to do something in, with their money investment. But I have heard just uh, there is a standard saying that if you want to make investment in some way, you've better buy the property, like buy the house or buy the kind of uh, property. Do you, do you agree with this approach as of now? At least you can buy it and rent, right? So and get some money on the Yeah, money. yeah. It's definitely good, a good thing to do. I, I mean, uh, I don't own any property, but I was several times in my life on the point where I could decide to buy something. But right now, the prices for, for properties, they are just too high, you know, to buy. You will have to wait another one or two years before they come down. And for me, it was like the cryptocurrencies was like the right entrance in, in March, April, you know, when it started. What I just want to say is to end up with Bitcoin, you know, you have the amount that is available and you have the demand. And if the demand increases and the availability decreases that means yeah. prices are going higher yeah and uh, yeah. just the two question about this financial topic to close us out as well first would you recommend to invest in the bitcoin in the next six months and second what do you think will happen with financial system of switzerland in next five years okay i would well i would rec i would buy bitcoin i well i bought already now, but uh, I, would, I would buy, if I would have the money, I would buy more, of course. But right now it, it's, it's uh, handled about $18,000 a Bitcoin. The highest ever three years ago was almost 20,000. And it started, uh, just remind the people who can listen to that and don't know the story. It started the Bitcoin on the very start, it was like 300 USD dollars, something like this. It started when, I think it was about the, uh, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. This is crazy, right? So this is from 20 <laughs> bucks jump to the 25,000. Yeah. I there mean, was a story. There's a story of a guy. He, he bought in the early days, he bought pizza for his whole family with about 50 or 60 Bitcoins, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just for pizza, you know. Can you imagine? He would be a millionaire today. There this are other people. They throw away the computers with several hundred bitcoins on it. They just throw it away. This crazy. And then the price went up, you know. Can you imagine? Okay, this is what I understood. It's really difficult topic to understand what's going on. But just to uh, conclude and make this financial uh, discussion uh, shortly to the end and come to the other more important and interesting topic about you. Uh, tell what do you think will happen in Switzerland in five years on the financial level? Will it still be the very strong uh, company with a banking system where you can really invest in the banking and trust the Switzerland bank as the one of the best in the world? or it will also impact in one way or another. Uh, this. Well, I think we will have a digital uh, Swiss currency, Swiss francs, digital. Uh, maybe one big or two banks will survive, the rest, they will be gone. And, uh, you know, we are not an island, you know. If uh, 
the whole surrounding of Europe is going downhill. Just a matter of time that we are in the same boat, actually. You know. So there, there might be an increase of unemployed people will soar, I'm quite sure. And uh, we might end up to be a bit better off than other, other countries in Europe, but slightly better. Now to the topic about the Germany. Uh, you know, this is a close country to Switzerland, also German-speaking uh, country, Switzerland, Austria, and uh, Germany. Uh, what is your connection to Germany? Do you have some friends here? Have you been visiting Germany? How do you feel about Germany nowadays? Well, I feel very good. I have very close friends in Germany. I was married to a German girl for about 20 years. I have, uh, I visited many times there, you know, very many close friends. Uh, they are very uh, good people, I think, good-hearted people. That's my experience. They are, most of them are very educated. They are very decent, maybe a bit stiff, you know, like uh, <laughs> less emotional, more, more uh, F4, you know, on, on the, yeah. But uh, actually, uh, yeah. I think they're, they're, they're decent people, right? They, they work hard, you know, they, they try to make their own in their living. Yeah, that's what I can say. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. I have the same sentiments about this country because I moved in 2014 in Germany. I was born in Russia and moved 2014 here. I got my working contract. So I was uh, hired by a German company there in Russia and have been working there for this big industry company called Siemens uh, and moved to, to Germany in 2014. So it was a kind of new experience for me to start to build up the new life. And uh, what would you recommend for the people who is um, like having in uh, some migrational background uh, or I would better like maybe ask it the different, you know, many people moving now from other countries in Middle East to Europe due to this globalization, due to the wars in some certain regions there and unsafe situation. And I think it's around 2 million people have been um, uh, taken by Germany in particular over the last several years. Uh, do you think it's uh, the challenge that Germany will not manage to make the good integration of such big number of people with the different cultural and uh, language uh, uh, abilities into their society? Or do you think that Germany will have some, some methodology to make this type of integration and how the Merkel is saying, we schaffen das, it sounds for you as a kind of plan. That's a very difficult question, you know, like uh, what I would advise to anybody who has to flee his, his country, going to another one, you know, first, don't be a victim. Don't feel like a victim, you know. Second, try to learn the language, local language, as soon as possible. Try to assimilate, to become a citizen of this new country. Don't stop being a victim, you know. And... <laughs> From the point of view of the state, I actually, I think it's, it's going on too weak, you know? The state is treating these people too weak in most cases. I think the state, I mean, these people, they want something, right? They want more wealth, they want better health. So, but the state also can ask something from these people, you know? Okay, you learned the language within one year. I want you to, to, to visit schools for learning language. And if we don't do that, you have to you have to leave, you know. Hmm. Just a demanding kind of manner, like we used to do in broadcast yourself, it was very demanding, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I was sweating. Oh my target next next Tuesday's next call. What do we have to do? You know. So demand from the people. That's what I would say. 
Now, I can tell something from my experience of moving here 2014, as you said, like uh, making your first steps in learning language. I agree with this is quite uh, necessary and important to integrate quicker and uh, get, um, let's say, better feeling of you understand what's going on. Uh, from other hand, I just really feel this year, first year, uh, like you you really don't understand what's going on around you. Means you just was taken from one point of environment and just bring to uh, was to, uh, brought to the another type of environment. And I uh, tell you, Andreas, this is really a kind of uh, you know just very regular and ordinary things that for the most of let's say locals seems regular and usual. It's take enormous effort just to overcome them and just even to understand what's happened. That's why. I think this learning language is important, but um, to demand like from person to get this very good on the language in one year, you know, the German language is very, <laughs> is very, I would say it's very demanding. It's nice but to get this demand, but in my experience says that this type of integration, this could take up to the three years more or less until the time when you really can be able to make some steps independently. So I will just say that like this, um, but uh, yeah, so this is different uh, in between Germany and Switzerland. I think it's less people uh, um, uh, taken in Switzerland as a refugees in comparison to Germany, isn't it? No, not necessarily. If you, we have about 8 million people in Switzerland, you have 80, right? In, oh, in yeah, Germany. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the ratio of foreigners in Switzerland is higher than in, in Germany. But you have to understand, we have three national languages here. Yeah. So German, German French, French, and Italian. Italian, okay. Right. And that might make it a little bit easier for people coming here. You know, if they don't learn German, they might easily learn French or Italian. Okay, this is advantage of Switzerland in front yeah, of Germany. Yeah. What about you? Was you growing up with um, more than one language around you in your surroundings, uh, like uh, on the French, Italian, or is it just for some regions in Switzerland? It's not all around the country, right? Yeah, it's a, there are three regions. About, uh, let's say, 60% uh, are speaking German, uh, 25 French, and 5% Italian. But I grew up in the German part of Switzerland and we talked German, but of course you have this a second language in school, you know, yeah. like French or Italian and then English, of course, as well. Just to, to this topic about the integration of people who is coming to Germany connected to this first very beginning as we started uh, and the internet and digitalization. Uh, do you think it's, uh, you know, many people who is coming from uh, like Middle East countries, for example, is struggling to find a job and maybe have no confidence to get associated with the society very quick. Do you think this type of uh, time we're living in with internet and digitalization is a kind of more opportunities, giving more opportunities also to the people to start up with something like uh, making websites maybe or starting mm -hmm. some uh, kind of uh, IT path in career yeah of course there are more opportunities today than there used to be maybe but i think uh, the the main point is the willingness of the person i think it's the first duty is the person has to be willing to integrate it's not the first duty from the state to integrate the persons of course in the second part state has to take care but first you want to integrate yourself in a new environment. And I think it's your duty, you go somewhere else, okay, you make everything possible. And if you don't succeed, others will come and help you. But it's not like you go there, can you help me, please help me, I'm a victim, you know. And of course, with the new opportunities, uh, somebody who really wants to change his life, he has, there's more luck, there's more, uh, chances you know yeah. definitely i agree
I agree with you. So your recommendation to people who is coming to Germany for the uh, as a refugees or is it just to try to uh, come in for the other uh, work or other studies just to learn uh, local language and uh, not to be the victim and try to get as much as possible on the top of things and being integrated in the normal uh, society and normal life and not afraid, right? Not to yeah. be afraid to be right. part of it. Yeah. You know, for instance, we have like, uh, we have people from Turkey here, for instance, huh? in Switzerland. Oh. And uh, people, they talk Swiss German, uh, like the young ones, but when they go home, they, 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 talk, they talk Turkish in their family. Huh? Okay, but their, their uh, parents, they always talk Turkey, even they live in Switzerland, they never learn German because the kids talk uh, tur in Turkey with them, you know? Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that's, a, that's a problem, right? That's a problem, I can see. But uh, it goes back again, like uh, if you're really willing to learn a language, you, you just do it. No matter how old you are, you just do it. It's a willingness. This is a good uh, saying, and I agree with this uh, in general. Um, and I remember in also some moments of the life when I, for example, uh, came to the conclusion, oh, now I need to do this because of that. Something happened in my life. You know, somebody could have uh, like a kind of personal trauma or maybe something happened very considerable to you or you have seen some event which has changed your life or you somebody inspired you on this. That's what I'm saying. There's maybe this type of decisions of start learning language or start doing something for people from the different uh, part of the world, different culture is really kind of special moment need to happen. So the question is uh, about your pers personal experience. Did you ever had this some experience in your life, which they call so call an aha moment when something incredible happened with you, which is completely turned your view on the things and you have became the other person? Yeah, I, I had that really, I must say. Well, I had several ones, but the, the major thing was uh, when I was 20 years old, you know, I have to admit when I was in school, you know, all my friends, they pretty much knew what they, what they want to become in their life, you know. I want to be a pilot or I like trains, you know, stuff like that. And they never knew what my profession wish would be, you know. Yeah. I said, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me, you know. I'm the only guy who doesn't know it. You know? So, uh, but I always knew, uh, strange to say, but I always knew something is waiting for me here. I knew that, okay? So I tried many things, like uh, several kinds of meditation, you know, and, uh, and, and this and that, read some books, and then I got invited to a lecture when I was 20 years old. It was in the year of 1977. I got invited in Switzerland to a lecture and somebody talked what, what I found out about the ARC triangle. Uh, where was you invited? I didn't understood the name, a lecture. In, a, in, a, in, in Switzerland, in the city of Switzerland. I lived in Switzerland and the, a friend invited me to a lecture. To the lecture, okay, lecture, yeah. okay. This kind of uh, university or professor lecture about, okay. Yeah. Uh, right, and uh, the topic of this lecture was the ARC triangle, ARC triangle. Never heard about this, tell about this, what is it? Okay, that is, that is, uh, you know, human relationship can be looked at as uh, being compound of three components. Yeah. There is one, it's like affinity, you know, you have, that would be the A, yeah? Okay, you have, you have seen during our talk now, our affinity increased, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. okay, good. So <laughs> that's, one, that's one part. Huh? Second part is uh, the R is called for reality, you know? Mm -hmm. You know much more about me now. I know a lot of about you. So our re reality increased. Yes. Okay. And 
And how did we accomplish that by, by C, like communication, you know? Okay, C. Uh... By communicating, we increased our reality and our affinity. That means our mutual understanding got better because of the, these three of this factors. Yeah, okay. okay. So that was the topic of the lecture, you know, how to improve a life relationship. And then I knew, hey, this is what I was waiting for, this kind of information. I knew it, hey, I was waiting for that for 20 years. Yeah, this is a great story. And your main takeoff was like out of this free, let's say, affinity, reality, and communication. What you became as your main and favorite one is like more communication with the people. You started to communicate it more. Or you started to be to feel this reality more like consciousness or uh, how you start to act after you have heard this lecture. What have you done next? Like, let's say... Uh, became more communicative person or is it yeah. kind of okay it's a, i mean this topic it's it's a it's a part of of a, of a applied philosophy it's called scientology that's a scientology. ingredient yeah. yeah and and what it means is arc is like uh, you know is if you want to have more affinity with someone it's hard to say hey I want, I like you more, you know, how are you going to do about it? Or you want to have more reality with someone. It's kind of difficult to accomplish. But if you know, you just have to communicate, then communicate. affinity and reality raises. So I made a, a basic course about communication, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. And yeah. in, in, in nowadays, the communication is everything, right? If you look, even like... You communicate on the different platforms on the like information is also part of communication with daily uh, look into the as YouTube websites, uh, news, TV. So it's all about communication with the people. So you made That's a great right. choice. And I think it's uh, it's it's really it's really a very great. Uh, thanks for but sharing. You know, yeah. But, uh, you know, like if you look at the digitalization, like you talk, uh, you asked me before what what the future brings i mean uh, not everything like on social media is what i call communication right yeah all these emojis and stuff like that of course it's communication but it's not the real communication that is really satisfying one oneself yeah exactly and because we still need the people uh, uh, behind us right so we can communicate now we are the monitor but then it will be closed in five minutes and then we go to the, our uh, somebody we want to to have behind us so this is will be interesting to know uh, uh about um, let's say the diversity as you believe in this people diversity uh, like, for example, this globalization, the people from different nations is got uh, to meet each other, people are moving from one country to another. Um, it's a kind of, uh, you know, trend happening in the world now that the more and more people uh, get to know each other, different nationalities and uh, build up their uh, cross, uh, let's say, cross uh, uh, um, uh, national uh, marriages and then so on. So uh, I know you have a lowly ones who is uh, a little bit far away from you at the moment. She's uh, not in the Switzerland. So the question why she's still not there and who is this beautiful lady? Can you tell more about your loved one? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, she lives in Nigeria. My girlfriend lives in Nigeria and uh, you know, actually, uh, we got to know each other in the internet two years ago. And can you imagine in these two years, we have seen us one week. Yeah. One week. We've been together. But we have video calls thanks to WhatsApp, daily video calls, several calls every day. Yeah. If I don't call her at night, she asked me, hey, darling, why didn't you call me after <laughs> the morning? So, you know, thanks to the digital world, you know, yeah. we have a very close relationship without having been close for a long time yet. Yeah, yeah. 
have you plan have you plan to to go there just to visit you in the Nigeria and have you been there uh, I haven't been there yet in Nigeria we met last December in Dubai we spent one week in Dubai together but now I'm planning to go down in depending on on this uh, restriction on 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 flight you know because of covid you know they have this uh, stupid regulations going on but i plan to go down in december january yeah yeah, yeah. whatever is going to uh, like happen on your private life i wish you all the best with this and thanks again to to this technology that is uh, really helping us out, right? To build up this new connection and stay yeah. in touch with the people we are interested to, to know. And, and she was actually scheduled to come to Switzerland in spring, you know, just before COVID hit, you know. Yeah. She, she was on the lineup and then she had to cancel it because all the airports were closed, frontiers were closed, you know, as you know, lockdown. Even there, you know, they don't have, they have almost no infection rates they had the lockdown, you know, it's, it's so really, it's so stupid, you know. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing this private information and uh, wish you all the okay. best uh, in your relationship on this. Um, just maybe a couple of uh, following up question with your uh, free time. When you usually have a free time, I think you have a nice uh, kind of uh, nature in Switzerland, all around the country. So what you do basically when you have a free time, do you have any hobbies uh, of uh, getting on the road somewhere and drive on the nice Switzerland roads in the higher in the mountains? Yeah. Well, in summertime, I usually take my motorcycle, Harley Davidson, uh, drive around, you know, we have, I'm just, it, near the very high mountains here, you know, like uh, if I look out my window, I see this snowy mountains everywhere. Really? And there are a lot of passageways, you know, in summertime, you really, you, a lot of adventures and you, you can enjoy it. What else do I do in, in spare time? You know, sometimes I go to the forest nearby. My forest is about five minutes away walking from here. Uh, I like to be in the nature and I do my daily workouts on the power plate. Yeah. What is power plate? A, what is power plate? Power plate is like a, it's a gymnastic machine that oh. Oh. it's actually originally a Russian invention. They invented it for, for cosmonauts, you know, okay. when they go to space, they are liable to lose their muscles, you know? So, they had they invented this machine to train them to keep the muscles, and now you can buy it. It's called Power Plate. Yeah, oh. it's very good. What else do I do? I like to read. I don't watch TV. I have a big TV. I don't watch, but uh, I like movies. You know, on the internet stuff like that. And of course, I'm daily in the in I'm daily online because of my job. You know. All the websites I have to be hosted. This is an interesting, very interesting story, Andres. But as you mentioned about the motorbike, I also have one. Uh, what of the Harley you have for the, the model? Uh, I have a Softail Deluxe, 1800 cubic inch. Okay, so I have the That's Honda. My third one. Third one, okay. So I have yeah. the Honda Shadow 600 uh, cubic. So maybe. If you would uh, make some good recommendation about the, some routes in Switzerland to visit in the summer next year, when this calm down, when this COVID will be calm down, I will be more than happy to, <laughs> to hear. Yeah. I, actually, uh, you, you are welcome. You, can, you are uh, invited, you can come here. Uh, we will make some nice rides, you know. I even, uh, maybe I will buy a second one next spring, you know. Like BMW, they brought one out. It's the R18. Yeah. Also 1800 cubic inch, a boxer, boxer yeah. engine. So I, I already drove it once and I liked it very much. So if I can afford it financially, if my crystals are going up, 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 I might be able to buy <laughs> one in next spring, you know? So I'll have two bikes then. 
That is that is really great, and uh, that will be very interesting to catch up if possible. So next year, and maybe got got a ride together and stay for a couple of days in somewhere in the yeah. nice Switzerland, uh, Switzerland city. So I will be more than happy to to, to join. Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities to drive here, definitely. Yeah. That's great. And just maybe a couple of uh, final questions I want to ask uh, you as you are a person who is uh, uh, in on the top of this, uh, let's say, web design and uh, like a site creation on the design and a little bit programming. Uh, what type of uh, uh, what type of uh, maybe a uh, certain uh, program or the the name of like their program language would you recommend to start with as the easiest one for the person who doesn't know anything about this and just in the decision mode maybe like many people around the globe now to thinking to change their their professional path from one way to another more digital what would you recommend as it now is it uh, something which comes to your mind with you can share well, I mean, definitely, if you would start with WordPress, you know, it's like an easy, easy learning curve and you get uh, results very soon. You know, you don't have to know much actually to get some kind of results. And uh, it's called the content management system. You know, in the early days, you made a website and you, you, uh, manufactured every every page you know by doing the adjusting the right code and today you have like this content management systems just containers you put in the text here you put in the the graphics there and the machine does it by him itself you know how it's called again content management uh, system yes there's a wordpress is uh, and it, there are others like joomla and uh, type of three depending on your needs, but I would suggest take a content management system content and you don't have to worry about where the things appear on the page because the machine is doing it for you. That's great. Um, I know you also just have started your own podcast recently and this is where we meet on this uh, London uh, real broadcast yourself show and an incredible endeavor which we go together through the several weeks and uh, you know for me a lot of things have been started from zero like creating this type of a new uh, like audio podcasting <laughs> platform and all these things, uh, just uh, the same did, did you. What was your main e experience out of this intense uh, eight uh, weeks course, which we, I think, completed last week? Uh, what is your main lessons learned? And what would you recommend for the people who is thinking to start their podcast about, but they are hesitating about uh, it, whether start or not? Well, you know, my biggest experience was actually, it was, as I mentioned before, it was quite demanding, you know, the tasks are very high. And if you do, if you do it, you accomplish it, you feel good. And it's actually all about doing, don't think too much, just do. No. That, that <laughs> I would recommend to anybody, try to do it. Don't think too much. Even I'm just saying that something sometimes uh, when you go into the Google and you type some words in the in this main searching field, some of uh, of searching um, uh, criteria already pops up. And I've just seen many times in the recent time when I'm going there and just start to type in something that is a German war, uh, words uh, pops up, denkst du noch, which is means, are you still thinking? Yeah, kind of, and means that the Google algorithm is maybe just implementing some of this random uh, saying for people who is starting to maybe think that much, guys, it's already everything is there. You don't need to take uh, think that much. You need just to do, as you said, <laughs> completely agree. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's a really a basic truth, what you just mentioned here, you know, like uh, uh, I, I would say many people, they think doing is thinking. You know, but actually it's two different things. You think some, something, but if you don't do, it will never happen. You know, some, some people don't dig it. 
they, they, you remain in, the, in thinking and they think it will come through by thinking. Yeah. But yeah. it needs action in any case. Just maybe a final question, Andreas, as we are slowly coming up to the end, and I think we had a really great conversation. I'm very appreciated. Uh, what would you share as the one of your personal habit or personal daily routine that you are doing from time to time only on the daily basis, which is helping you to succeed and helping you to get the results you're planning? Well, even though it's not always very easy to accomplish, but I have like a habit, say it as it is. <laughs> Let's say I'm in conflict with my girlfriend or so, you know, it, it really, you have to say, say it, how we feel it. And not just try to say it in a good manner so you don't want to hurt somebody. Just say it like you feel and you will see it's it's much easier afterwards if you have said it the way it is. This is great, great advice, and I'll definitely would also take as a the one of the good one for for the, my personal life as well. Well, Andreas, I'm really would like to say you thank you for this great conversation, um, and. Uh, just to mention this uh, new Deutschland podcast uh, is the podcast about immigrants' life in Germany and the big changes that's going to happen in Europe this decade. Remember, this is now about 2 million of registered podcasts in the world and new Deutschland podcast is only one of them. So I'm very appreciated that you decided to click the button and listen to this episode with me and my uh, interesting and incredible person, uh, Andreas Rieser from Switzerland, uh, the web designer, the person with a background in the financial matters and uh, nice uh, fellow and uh, classmate of London Real Broadcast Yourself show. Thank you so much, Andreas. That was a big pleasure. Thank you too, Anton. Thank you very much. And uh, we're going to be stay tuned for the next episode of the New Deutschland podcast. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.